We are also worried as a department that the learners that uh, enter the system are not the same number that finally sit for the final examination. So we we are doing something about it, but uh, there are various reasons for that. I mean, some of them, they have to do with what happens in school, and some of them happen uh, to, 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 to be related to what is taking place in, in, in the society. Now, uh, just before we look into, you know, possible reasons for the high dropout rate, what is the current dropout rate as we speak? Well, there, there are huge numbers. Uh, you know, even if you do a one now who drops out, that would uh, uh, concern us, you know, because we want to, to keep as many learners in the school as possible. Um, we... As government has, has, has in the past years been focusing on on access to education. So while we focus on access, we also need to focus on retention. We need to make sure that every learner that comes to school, even outside the legally binding age, they need to be in school. That's why there are various measures that we put in place to ensure that all the learners uh, come into place. But you know, even if you look at other countries, the Dropout is a, is a huge challenge there as well, but you know we, we need to look at ourselves as a country and say what is the problem and how can we deal with it. And have you been able to get to the bottom of that? Have you been able to identify the most critical factors uh, that are uh, attributing to this dropout rate? Yes, we have. Um, it's, it's a combination of the combination of factors. I mean. Uh, some learners uh, get arrested, they go to jail, others um, have to go find employment due to poverty, and uh, some of them, they lead uh, families, uh, talking about childhood families, where they find themselves in a situation where they have to take care of, of their siblings. But uh, others, it is just the cognitive demand of the, of, of the schoolwork in the in the classroom and some of them feel that they do not stand a chance to succeed and progress and go forward so they, they feel that uh, it's better to, to just stay at home so it's a combination of reasons uh, that uh, amount to that uh, type of number that uh, finally disappears from the system uh, Professor Metcalf, um, you know, uh, just listening to the explanations that are given, uh, but be, even before we get to that, I mean, surely we ought to be concerned as a nation if we look at the numbers that we are seeing, the statistics before us. 70, uh, f- uh, 47% uh, rather uh, of learners, of uh, the <coughs> ones who quit, quit between grade 10 and 12. Now, why is that? Is there anything significant about the timing? I was very interested in the reasons that um, Elijah um, indicated accounted for for the dropout rate and of the four that he gave, I would argue that it's the last one that's the most significant. Um, The last reason he gave is that many learners at grade 10 are beginning to realize that they don't stand a chance of succeeding. And in fact, I think Elijah is correct. Um, If you look at our participation rates all the way through primary school and in the first years of high school, we do have um, very good participation rates. Um, But from grade 10, 11 and 12, the levels of repetition and failure increase hugely. Grade 10 is the class across the country which has the highest number of learners because learners start repeating um, in, in high numbers 
at grade 10, 11 and 12. Failure is a problem all the way from the early years. So in South Africa, in foundation phase, about 20% of children fail or repeat at least once in foundation phase. And you can only repeat once mm, in a phase. In a phase. Intermediate phase, as many as 30% of children have repeated. By the time you get to grade 7, 8 and 9, it's 40%. By the time you get to grade 10, 11 and 12, half of the children have repeated one time or more. And of the children who are in those last three years, 10% have repeated as many as three times. So what we see is a cumulative deficit in success in learning growing from foundation phase through the primary school until when you reach grade 10, you, as Elijah says, begin to understand that you don't have a chance. You are two or three years older than the rest of your your the people in your class, which for an adolescent is um, a very it's unpleasant. A big deal. It's a oh. very big deal. And what I think is also significant is that in the education system, we have the single goal of matric. There is no other credential. Now that means that these young people who leave, and it's um, more than 50% of our children who leave before even writing matric, they are completely uncredentialed. They don't have a piece of paper to hold next to their heart to boost their self-esteem or to take into the workplace. And if you look at young people who are between the ages of 18 and 24 who are unemployed, not in education and not in training, 72% of them have no credentials whatsoever. Now, you know, again, just listening to some of the other reasons that Elijah has also uh, put forward. Uh, yes, one can look at the socioeconomic <laughs> conditions and the impact that that has on these learners. But how do we hold, uh, you know, schools and the department accountable for this high dropout rate, uh, Professor? I feel very strongly that um, as we head into this uh, fifth term of government and as the um, president takes forward his performance contracting with his ministers, he's correct to say that part of the performance agreement must look at matric pass rate, it must look at the maths performance, but I think we should be reporting retention rate with the same level of energy and commitment as we report on the matric rate. Let me be controversial. If we're getting an 80% pass rate with a 50% dropout rate, I would rather say, let's have an 80% pass rate, but let's push the retention rate up to 60%, 70%, 80%, because there's a real risk that what we're doing is increasing the matric pass rate to the cost of retention. Mm. And children are leaving because they know that they're not going to succeed and at worst schools are saying you are not going to succeed and in subtext you're going to damage our pass rate. I want Elijah's response to this. As the Department of Education, uh, your response to what Professor Metcalf has just said, the disappearance, uh, these learners who drop out uh, is probably uh, then part, and I've heard other people say this as well, part of the explanation for the increased pass rate. Well, um, it could be true, but, you know, the minister in her budget vote speech, when she outlined her plans for this term, she did indicate that she wanted quality and efficiency in the system. She wanted those areas that are problematic, including the job rate, to be dealt with, because now 
The numbers are there, the pass rate is going up, but now we need quality. And how do you get quality? is to do exactly what Professor Metcalf is talking about, ensuring that we report retention rate and therefore bring uh, credibility uh, at a higher level of the pass rate that you have in. And also start zooming into the numbers and say how many bachelors are there and how, how, how many learners are passing math, mathematics, how many learners are passing physical science and technology, and so it goes. And look at the actual quality. And that's what all of us must do, uh, because we, as a department, account for the learners that are in school. And it's important that we get the support from the community. So it means that everyone must play their role to ensure that um, uh, these learners remain in school. Remember that uh, education, I mean, the life of a learner depends on what happens at home and also what happens in the classroom. Mm -hmm. So by, by, by holding the department accountable, you need to ask yourself, what contribution did you make? to ensure that the learners in school, when they don't, they don't come to school and they miss class uh, time, what do you do as a parent to ensure that they come to school so that they can be part of the curriculum development that are taking place inside the classroom on a daily basis? But what strategies has the Department of Education put into place in order to address the problem? No, we do. I mean, we have, we have put in place um, uh, various uh, 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 plans to ensure that uh, we support teaching and learning in the classroom because we feel that we need to ensure that uh, there's full curriculum coverage in, in all the grades but we also want to improve the quantity of the assessment tasks uh, that take place uh, across all the grades and also to give learners uh, more return work and, and support the teachers to make what takes place inside the classroom exciting uh, the learners must enjoy going to school and they must be able to interact with their, with their teachers and make sure that uh, the classroom is a center of excellence, a center of engagement and interaction, mm. of, of exchange of knowledge. It's all of that. It must not be a depressing environment. It must be an exciting environment that a learner must look forward to going, even if they feel things are not going well, but they must look forward to going there to get assistance so that they can progress through uh, the, the, the grades.